Thanks for joining me on another episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, and founder of Rebecca Hamilton Co. Art and Photography Services. We're getting ready to wrap up this season three of our health and wellness series and begin recording for season four very, very soon. And that means that we'll be looking for other established business owners or entrepreneurs to join me as a guest on this podcast to share their expert knowledge with our listeners. If you're an established business or an entrepreneur and interested in being a guest on this show, just send me over an email to Rebecca at chickbosscake.com. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a controversial topic. Uh, It's going to be about being on a health journey versus accepting yourself as being overweight and just embracing obesity and what my thoughts are surrounding each side of these very sensitive topics. (laughs) So, but before we get started into the episode, I have to give a couple of shout outs here. Um, The first shout out I want to give is to London Inc. Magazine in London, Ontario for awarding me as one of their recipients at this year's top 20 under the age of 40 inspirational leaders in London, Ontario. I am so, so grateful to be part of this and be among uh, a group of, well, I guess 19 other individuals because 20 total, including me, um, in the London community who are passionate about making a difference and passionate about being um, really helpful leaders in our community. So um, I think it's amazing that London Inc. Magazine does this. They do it every year. And uh, I'm not sure when nominations open up, but I have some people in my mind that I'm going to be nominating for next year's awards. And I think it's just so amazing that London Inc. Magazine actually does this. They host a gala every year to celebrate all of the recipients and the winners. Uh, And we just had the gala last week and it was a freaking blast. I had so many of my very, very good friends and my parents came and it was just a really beautiful celebration for myself and all of the other recipients. And, um, it was fantastic. And I just think it's so nice to be in a community where they recognize the hard work and dedication that, um, all of the members of the community put into, it. And, you know, we do this work because we love it. We're all in very different industries. I am a bakery owner and an author, and there was lots of people who were in social service type roles, uh, social worker type roles, which is amazing. Um, and there was a lot of lawyers and there was doctors and just a really good variety of people who were standing out in the community and making a difference. And I think I can speak for pretty much everybody that we put our heart and soul into everything that we do. 
And we do that without getting a lot of recognition. And, you know, we don't expect recognition. We just are pouring our hearts and our souls into the work that we do. Um, But it is really, really, really nice to be recognized once in a while for all of the hard work and dedication that we do, because it's not easy um, to do the work that we do and to be as dedicated and as uh, obsessed with our work as we are. Right. And that's how you can make a difference, make an impact. And it's just really, really nice to be noticed. So thank you so much to London Inc. magazine for putting on the award show, um, and making us feel valued and feel seen in our community. It's just absolutely amazing. I also want to give a brief shout out to a very special, young, inspiring author who I have connected with recently. Her family had been such a big supporter of Chick Boss Cake. They were ordering all of our desserts. And then they also have a dog training business called Joyful Support that I decided to bring both of my dogs to to get some formal dog training. And it was amazing. I loved working with them so much. And so as we got to know each other through both of our businesses um, and we just kind of fall in love with each other because both of our values align so, so much. And then so her daughter wrote a book. She recently published a book at the age of 16, which my mind is still blown about that. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to read the book prior to it being published. So I got the copy of paper that was printed from a printer and I got to read the book while I was traveling earlier this year. So it's all tattered and torn and coffee stained. Um, but I'll keep that coffee copy as a memory because I just, I love getting books in their most raw form. And I love the opportunity to read them before they go to the, the publishing company. So I was able to do that. And I'm so grateful that she asked me to read it and give her a review and give her my honest feedback on it. And honestly, you guys, when I read this book, I was absolutely blown away. It is called A Practical Guide to Building Confidence. And I love the topic of confidence. It's something that I'm so passionate about. It's something that I have worked really, really hard to develop in my life because as if you guys have been following me for a while, you know, I always say that confidence is not something that we're born with. It is a skill that we learn and develop if we choose to do so. The most confident people in the world have chosen to build the skill of confidence because it is not something that people just naturally have the ability for. Um, and I developed confidence at a very young age when I, you know, moved out of my house at 16 years old and I dropped out of high school and I was in the real world as a 16 year old teenager. Um, and it was really, really difficult. So all I could rely on was myself and, uh, that's how I was able to develop confidence. And, uh, one of my favorite quotes from my book, the million dollar bakery is confidence does not mean that you have all of the answers or that you have everything figured out. 
It is simply just your belief in knowing that you can figure it out and you can find the answers. Um, and so confidence is something I love to do keynotes speaking on. I love to be on other podcasts discussing the topic. Uh, confidence is just something so, so powerful because it has such a ripple effect in our schools and in our communities, because confidence is something that if we learn it at a younger age, um, we, I did a video on this recently. If we teach kids our confidence at a younger age, then they will no longer feel bullied because they'll feel confident enough in themselves to not care what other people think. They'll feel confident enough to stand up to bullies at school. And they're not going to be the bullies themselves because confident people do not bully others. Okay. It's insecure, unconfident people who are the bullies and confident people they want to lift other people up because they're already confident. They believe in themselves and they're going to believe in you too. Um, so confidence has such a big ripple effect in our communities. It also helps with, um, relationships at a young age, being able to say no, when you are in situations that you are uncomfortable with, um, whether that's dating when you're younger or drugs or alcohol or any of those things, it is such a valuable tool and I don't have kids, but if I did, confidence is something that needs to be taught as early as they start talking, honestly, because it is such a valuable tool to have. And once you learn it, you only expand on it from there. So it's something that just grows with you as you get older and as you are presented different situations in life that you are given the choice to react and uh, confident people, they just respond better to things like that. Okay. So um, Miss Leva Durand is the author of the book, A Practical Guide to Building Confidence. And it's all about learning how to become confident. And I love that it is written from the perspective of a 16 year old, but I will tell you that I read the book myself and I was very skeptical at a, like I'm the age 35 years old and I'm like, what is this 16 year old going to teach me about confidence? So I read the book very skeptical. I was looking for things that didn't make sense or that I didn't agree with. And honestly, she did such a great job at doing her research that there was nothing in the book that I did not 150% stand behind. And that's why the book is now available in all four of my store locations at Chick Boss Cake, uh, London, Kitchener, Woodstock, and St. Thomas. You can buy the book in store and it makes a great, great gift for anyone, especially adolescents. But even if you're an adult and you didn't learn the skill of confidence early on. It's never too late to learn and it's only going to benefit you. So go and grab a copy. It's also available on Amazon and you can just Google it. Um, just Google a practical guide to building confidence. And her name is Leva Durand. Her first name is spelled L I E V E. When you search it, I promise you guys will absolutely love this book. It is so, so valuable. Okay. Now that I got those two things out of the way, <laughs> let's get into this uh, episode of talking about um, being on a health journey versus accepting yourself as being overweight. 
Um, so what I'm going to do with this episode, because I recently posted a video on this topic to my Instagram account. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, go give me a follow Rebecca at chick boss cake. It's just all spelled out how I just said it. So Rebecca, a T chick boss cake. Um, you can find me online or just search chick boss cake and you can find my other account on there as well. Um, I love connecting with people on social media and it's where I publish the most content. So I do a lot of videos like life and business inspired videos that, um, you can learn different things from. So that's where I hang out most often. That's where I like to connect with people. Um, so I posted this video and why I posted this video was because I asked my audience, what controversial topics should I talk about and share my opinion on? And this was one of them. This was one of the answers from somebody. And I, when I first, when I seen this, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I should talk about that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking talk about it because it is a great topic. And I do have very strong feelings on this topic specifically because I was very obese. I recently lost 70 pounds. And so I know what it feels like to be on the opposite side of that. Okay. I'm now 70 pounds lighter, but still in the obese category. As far as my weight is concerned, I struggled with my weight my whole life. Um, I'm not going to continue talking about this too much longer because what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the audio from my video um, for this podcast episode, because I feel like I did a really great job explaining both sides of it and explaining, um, you know, my personal story and my personal journey with it. And I really, really wanted to come on the podcast and share that with you guys as well. Um, just in case you don't follow me on Instagram or you didn't get to see the video. Um, I know for me personally, I love to listen to podcasts, uh, when I'm driving in the car and stuff. And sometimes they don't always have the opportunity to watch really long videos. So it's a 20 minute video. And with that being said, let's just get right into it. Here it is. When should you learn to just accept your body for being overweight um, or being obese and just loving yourself and body positivity and all of those things versus when should you care about making changes to your body and getting on a health journey and starting to lose weight? This is one of the questions that I got when I asked you guys for some controversial topics to cover um, and y'all held nothing back. So, <laughs> okay, let's get into it. I will say that I'm going to talk about my journey personally, okay, because I do not come on here, you guys, to tell you what to do or how to live your life. I am just here to share my experiences, my journey, and what my values are and how I live my life in hopes that you can take nuggets from little things that I share um, and apply it to your lives to make changes or make it better. Um, that's my intention, okay? I'm never, ever, ever showing up here to to tell you what to do or say that my way is the only way to do things or um, make you feel bad in any way at all. Okay. So I'm just showing up sharing what I do. And if it helps you, that is amazing. If you don't find value in what I share, that's okay too. Like I said in my previous video, I 
like to surround myself with people where we can have discussions, have uncomfortable conversations, share the facts and, um, you know, have conversations like conversations are involved, different viewpoints and different opinions. It is not a, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do. That is what a dictatorship is. It's not um, a democracy where we're conversing and having conversations and engaging different points of view. Right. And I think I love those conversations. I love the deep conversations. I love controversial conversations. Um, As long as I'm having them with people who uh, accept my point of view as well. And they don't need to always continuously prove their point and change my ideas. It's more so about sharing ideas and accepting other people's, um, thoughts and ideas as their own too. Right. Um, I don't think anyone in the world has all of the answers. In fact, I know they do not have all of the answers. So I love having these discussions. Um, this topic specifically is something that I'm going to talk to you about from my own personal health journey, my own weight loss story. Um, and honestly, I don't think you can talk about it. Like you can talk about it from a scientific standpoint, or if you're a fitness expert and health expert, you can talk about it from a factual standpoint for sure. But I think unless you have struggled with weight your entire life, um, or have been on your own weight loss journey or struggled with the things that come along with that and the challenges of learning a new, completely new way of living, um, then I don't think you can fully get to connecting with people who are also in that struggle, right? Because it's really hard to listen to health advice from somebody who has been fit and in shape their whole life. Don't get me wrong. That's the person I want to coach me and help me with my issues for sure. But it's not necessarily the person who's going to be able to understand necessarily what living um, that way is like and what the mindset is and what the emotional um, struggles of it are as well. So that's where I come in. I am not a health expert. I am not a fitness expert. I literally struggled with this my entire life. Okay. I was extremely overweight as a child. I will, I will make an effort to go through my photos of it from childhood that I have never shared with anybody because I was really overweight as a child. Um, I didn't really get bullied for being overweight. I don't, I don't know why, to be honest with you, because I had friends that were overweight who would get bullied. But I think just because I had a stronger personality and I would just tell people to fuck off that I just they didn't really mess with me too much. Um, but I was overweight my entire life. I struggled my entire life. I've always been up and down, but mostly up. OK, I have, obviously I have a fucking sweet tooth. You guys I own a bakery. OK, um, and that is my weakness. I. I had a lot of emotional eating issues. Like I would eat when I was stressed. Um, I did a video on this already recently. So if you want to see that video, scroll down and see it um, about emotions tied to our health and wellness journey and how unhealthy that is. Um, Because when we're tying emotions to things, like if we're emotionally stressed out, emotionally angry or emotionally sad, and we heal that or cover that up by eating foods that are not healthy for us, that is training us 
that that behavior is okay. And it is a very destructive pattern of behavior to be in. Um, so, and also too, working out, same thing. If you are working out um, from a place of guilt and shame because you had pizza last night, that is also a really unhealthy place to be, right? So I talk in my other video about how we need to remove our emotions from food and from fitness and from a, a negative space. Okay. Fitness and health should come from a positive space. Um, you will never be able to live a healthy life by hating yourself the way that you're at right now. And if that means that you're overweight or you're unhealthy or you have health problems, you cannot hate yourself healthy. Okay. And I love that statement. You just, you cannot do it. It has to come from a place of love, a place of self-respect and a place of confidence that you are able to make those changes. Okay. And so it's really important to remove the emotions from it. And obviously I still eat sweets. Okay. I, that is never going to change. I love cupcakes. I love donuts. I love cake. I love all the things. Um, but when I choose to eat those things, which I still eat those things often, I make a conscious choice. I do not eat them when I am not in a good mindset. Emotionally, if I'm stressed out, I refuse to put anything bad in my body because it will train my mind and my body to continuously get that emotional eating pattern that I have worked so hard to overcome. So um, if I'm going to eat a sweet or a treat or have a, you know, a meal that is a million calories, it's unhealthy, um, which I do, then I'm going to make sure that I'm in a, a really solid, calm place. There's no emotions one way or another. Um, when I'm eating the food, it is just out of pure enjoyment and there's no negative, um, behaviors being attached to it either consciously or subconsciously. So it is really important to be self-aware to catch yourself when you are doing those things. Okay. So, um, I've been overweight my entire life. I have recently lost 70 pounds. Okay. Which that is a chunk of weight to lose. And I am still in the obese category as far as my BMI is concerned. Okay. So I'm just talking to you as one person who has been very, very obese and is still considered in the obese category, which I hate those scales. I think fuck that. You know what I mean? But, um, it's a scientific way that um, of measuring your health, which is very, very important to pay attention to. Now, I will say what happened for me to start my health journey. I've been on my health journey for probably about four years now consecutively. Um, and when I started, I started, I went to my doctor for my annual checkup. Okay. This is story time for you guys. I went to go get my annual like woman checkup at the doctor and you know, they measure your height, your weight. They ask all the questions. They do all the things. Um, and he brought up my weight and he said, and this is when I was 70 pounds heavier. And he said, you are very overweight. And these are all of the health conditions that you are going to develop one, if not all of these, if you do not make a change. 
he literally and bless my doctor. He is, I, I honestly, he is very straightforward, um, and very professional and there's no emotions at all. So, <laughs> which that's good. That's what you wanted in a doctor. Right. Um, but for me as the obese person hearing that I was extremely fucking offended. Okay. To be honest with you, I was like, who the fuck are you to tell me to lose weight? Um, and to that, um, you know, that I'm not healthy and have you not heard of the body positivity movement? I am positive. I'm confident. I am owning my curves and all of the things. Okay. I literally thought these things. So I left my doctor's office and I was like, that was fucking rude. I, my feelings were hurt. And I was like, I literally was like, how dare you say that to me kind of thing. And I did not go back to my doctor for another three years. I literally, that was three years. I stayed in, I stayed obese. I didn't make any changes whatsoever. Um, and I didn't see my doctor after that for another three years until I had to go back for another physical checkup where again, he reminded me that I was still very overweight and these were the issues that were going to happen. Um, and so the reason why I was offended was because of my ego and just because social media and all of the media is now on this whole movement to promote body positivity. <sighs> okay. I love body positivity, but I had to learn that body positivity should be saved for things that you are not able to control, like wrinkles or, you know, gray hair or cellulite on your body or um, loose skin here and there or, you know, color of your skin, freckles, like things like that. You should absolutely be you know, proud of who you are there. You should learn body positivity when it comes to things like that. Um, but when it comes to your weight and your overall health your weight and your body mass index is an indicator if your body is functional, functioning optimally or in a state of being healthy and it's just a fact. We cannot argue facts. We cannot argue um, science and all of the evidence and stuff like that. Um, if you you can go down your own research Google rabbit hole and just research about um, the negative effects of obesity on your body and the different um, diseases and things like that that are linked to higher obesity rates. Um, and the evidence is just there. So I had to come to terms with this myself. It was very, very hard for me to do that because honestly, I didn't even, I, I was not even aware you guys that I was overweight when I was 70 pounds heavier. I, cause I was living my best life. I was just, I had confidence. I didn't see anything wrong with it because I didn't, I didn't know any better. Um, so I had to look into this. I did my research and a lot of the things that I was seeing, I did not want to be part of and I did not want to develop down the line. And I did not want to increase my risk of developing these things down the line if I could control it, right? There's already so many 
health con- health conditions, health issues and diseases and stuff like that, that um, we don't have much control over. But if, you know, being obese contributes to that in a significant way and I'm able to control my body weight to a certain degree, um, then I'm going to do whatever it takes to do that, to make sure that I am at least giving myself the best chance and the best opportunity to be as healthy as I can be. And so I got on my weight loss journey, um, fitness and health journey. I, you know, I started with my diet. I did not work out. I fucking hate working out you guys. Okay. I've learned to really accept it and like it as of recently, but losing those 70 pounds, I did it based off diet alone. Okay. And then it wasn't until the last like year and a half where I reintroduced exercise to my lifestyle because that's how much I hated working out. Um, so I made those changes. I did those things. I learned to rewire my thinking, rewire my brain to not to hate myself to lose weight, but to love myself enough to want to be as healthy as possible. Does that mean that I'm ever going to be a size two? Probably not. I've literally never been below a size 10 or a size 12, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't think you need to be a certain size to be healthy. I don't think you need to be look a certain way to be healthy, but I do think that we all need to be mindful and aware and not naive to the fact that what we put in our body and how we move our body affects our longevity and it affects our health and our well-being. And one thing I will say, um, comparing how I feel now to how I felt with 70 pounds of extra weight on my body, I can tell you that I feel a hell of a lot better. I have more energy. I can tell that my body is functioning better. Um, It probably has less inflammation because as I've learned that having excess weight on your body causes a lot of inflammation in the body and inflammation, again, is another thing that is a huge contributor to developing other diseases in and of itself. So, um, I, I feel so much better. I feel I have so much more energy. I love life more. I, I enjoy different, healthier foods more. Like I like to eat kale now, which I never thought in a million years that I would actually enjoy it. Um, your taste buds change and really just, it really does improve the quality of your life. Now, would I have known that at 70 pounds heavier? No, because I thought everything was fine. I was like, I didn't think there was an issue. But the reason why I didn't think that is because I did not know how good you can feel. I didn't know the potential that was there. So once you start to know what the other side feels like, and you can do that comparison, you'll notice a huge difference. I promise you that. And I'm not saying that, you know, having some extra weight on you is not beautiful because as I said, I'm in the obese category still. And I feel, I feel like I am beautiful and I'm confident and that has nothing to do with my body weight. My body weight is strictly, um, I view it from a point of being health, um, health and scientific related. And I do not view it from a point of 
beauty or any other kind of superficial standard out there, I literally just started looking at it from a, a scientific point of how do I want my life to live and how do I want to feel um, every day? And you know what? Starting my health journey is the best thing that I've ever done. Um, I'm really, really happy with the progress that I've made. And it was fucking really hard, you guys. It was so hard in the beginning. So I get messages all the time asking how I, you know, how I lost the weight or how I maintain working out. I don't know the answer to that. You guys, you just have to want to do it. You have to educate yourself and have reasons to want to do it. Um, it can't be just because somebody tells you to do it. It can't be because your doctor tells you that you're really overweight. Um, you have to have the desire because it is very hard to relearn healthy behaviors when you have only known unhealthy behaviors your entire life like I have. Okay. You're like literally restructuring your entire life of eating three meals a day every day for, you know, the 35 years that I've been on the planet. I have only known unhealthy habits and I have only known not working out. And so when you develop that over like a 30 year plus span, think about it, how hard that is to unlearn something that's such an ingrained habit, right? So have grace with yourself, have patience with yourself, just start really, really small. Don't make it this overwhelming thing. Just start with like, you know, maybe one meal a day that you make healthier than you typically would. And then, you know, just keep eating all that other crap for the meantime and just make small, small changes, add more water, go for more walks, just little things. Right. Um, and it's all about building on those little habits once they become habits to make them, um, bigger habits. But do I think personally that, um, you should be concerned with being overweight and be concerned about, um, you know, getting to the best, healthiest version of yourself. I do think that it, there is scientific evidence to prove that we should be concerned about it. We should never be mean about it. We should never discriminate against anybody because they are overweight um, or hurt their feelings. Or, you know, I think everybody is beautiful. It is not a question of beauty or importance or, you know, people being like more important than others or more valued than others. It is none of those things. It is just strictly about the scientific evidence. It is about health and the, the wellness of your body. Right. So I just encourage you guys to think about it, do some research. I would love to hear what your guys thoughts are, are about this topic. Um, as long as you keep the comments kind and respectful, I think we can all have different opinions and different ideas on this. Um, but this is just my journey and this is just where I'm at with my health journey and I still have a long way to go. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and like I said, I still enjoy treats. I That's never going to change for me, but it's about making small changes along the way that end up making a really big difference. So, and if there's anything that you guys need help with or that I can, try to help you out with, then don't be shy to send me a DM. I like, I am very inclusive of everybody. I think everybody is amazing and so beautiful and we all have so much to offer each other, so many gifts. And, um, 
what good are our gifts if we're not sharing them with each other, right? So don't be shy to reach out. Comment below. I want to hear your thoughts on this. If you've had an experience with it or if you're on your own health journey, let me know in the comments below. Okay, so that was the video and it got a really great response on social media. I had so many DMs from people who reached out to me and they were inspired to start a health journey just from listening to that video, which I think is super amazing. And I'm also going to share the clip that uh, from the video that I talked about um, in that video about the emotional eating and tying emotions to food and to alcohol and to unhealthy habits, because I really love that video as well. And I do think it fits really, really great with this podcast episode. So I'm going to play that video for you in just a second here as well. One thing that I really wanted to pop on here and talk about in terms of my weight loss and health journey, and I haven't really heard a whole lot of people talking about this, but I think you really have to have lived through being extremely overweight and then losing a significant amount of weight to really fully be able to reflect and be honest with yourself about what, how you got to that point to begin with and how you were able to get to the point that I'm at now. So I haven't really heard a whole lot of people talking about this, but I wanted to bring it up because it's something that I notice in my own journey and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And that is to separate your emotional issues from your health and wellness journey. So I found that I would overeat and eat a lot of sugar, obviously, um, and at really unhealthy processed foods and stuff like that. I would do that more so out of emotions and coping with stress and trying to make myself feel better or feel happier in the moment um, because I wasn't dealing with my emotional issues properly. And I was using food to as a coping mechanism, which everybody has things that they use as a coping mechanism. Like some people do um, alcohol or they'll smoke weed or do drugs or uh, um, you know, shopping addiction, or there's all kinds of things that we use as um, coping mechanisms. And in our society, I think that food is really a very common one because we don't see that as being an, an issue really um, because we have to eat, you know, we eat three times a day. We have to eat to survive. So I think we kind of get um, misguided in that sense. And we kind of trick ourselves to think that it's not a negative thing, but um, it can be if you're doing it out of emotions and trying to fill voids that if you just took the time to deal with those traumas um, on their own by going to therapy or, you know, whatever healthier way of dealing with them, then they wouldn't show up uh, on your body as extra 
weight, right? And it's kind of crazy to think that um, that's what happens. That's what happened for me anyways, right? So I had some childhood issues. I had uh, the stress of starting and trying to grow a business and just all kinds of, you know, family stressors, um, friendships that, you know, were not serving me and not healthy, all kinds of things. And I, I turned to food like a lot of people, I think do that. But if we learn to separate our emotions from food and fitness and health and wellness, and we start to look at our health and wellness journey more from, let's say, like a scientific factual perspective, and you take the emotions and the um, emotional traumas and stressors and stuff like that out of the equation and we just look at it factually as a health and wellness journey, then we'd be much, much healthier and also a hell of a lot happier too, because we wouldn't be masking our emotional issues through our crappy diets because a lot of the times those foods and the wine and the alcohol and stuff like that, they make you feel really good instantly, but long term, um, it's just a physical reminder of the undealt with emotional baggage that we're literally physically carrying on our bodies. And it just, it shows up like that. Um, and so I want to talk about that because a lot of people ask, like, what's the secret um, to, to your weight loss journey and stuff? And of course, it is basically just eating whole foods, eating healthy, exercising regularly, you know, all the basic stuff. But I think... I've never heard anybody talk about the actual emotional baggage that <laughs> um, usually gets you into that unhealthy spot to begin with. Because if we don't address the root cause, um, we'll never be able to fully live a happy and healthy lifestyle because sure, you can go on a diet for like six months to lose all the weight. Um, but if you don't deal with those issues and find healthier ways to cope with stress and stuff like that, then you will just go back to those old habits that you know make you feel good instantly. So anyways, I wanted to share that because that is a really big part of my health journey and learning um, healthier ways to cope with stresses and cope with, you know, traumas and past things that we've been through. And I'm much happier and much healthier because of that. So if we can learn to separate emotional baggage from our health journey and just treat it more scientifically in a way that, you know, we're not using food that we eat to make us feel bad, to make us then in turn be like, oh, I ate too much last night. So therefore I need to work out today and I need to eat salads all day. Like that's not a healthy relationship with food either. Um, I instead now I come at it as, okay, if I'm going to eat unhealthy on Saturday night, I'm going to work out Saturday morning 
and then work out Sunday morning and eat healthy all around those meals and not out of a place of punishment, but out of a place of scientifically, it makes sense. If I'm going to be consuming higher calories and then I'm going to work out a little bit extra to burn them, not as a punishment, but just out of a scientific factual place. And that's what I mean about separating the emotion from it. um, Because that's where a lot of the body positivity movement goes wrong because we're so emotional about how we look and we feel bad about it. So then we have to, you know, create this movement to make ourselves feel better when scientifically it's not a healthy place to be, no matter how you look at it. It's just the facts, right? So Anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys because that honestly was a really big part of my journey. I used to be a very much a stress eater and that, let me tell you, is a very dangerous place to be when you work at a bakery and you have really easy access to all the sugar and all the snacks that you could ever imagine. So naturally, uh, I still get stressed out. I still have, you know, stuff that I'm working through, but instead of using food as a reward or as a punishment, um, I just treat it more like a scientific fact. Like I'm just going to eat, you know, a normal whole food diet majority of the time. Um, on the weekend, I might have some treats, some cupcakes or donut or whatever. Um, and it's very intentional and I don't consider it a reward and I don't consider it a punishment. I just consider it a fact that I'm going to have it. I consider it a decision. (laughs) That's what I do. And I decide that I'm going to have a treat and everything is fine. I make sure there's no emotions attached to it and that I just enjoy it. That's what I do. And I'm very intentional about the type of treats that I eat because I basically eliminate as much processed food during the week as possible and as much sugar and um, unhealthy things as possible. And then I'm very intentional and only eat sugar basically when it's meant to have sugar in it like a cupcake for example so I make the sugar count if you know what I mean and it's something that's supposed to taste sweet and therefore um, I enjoy it much more as opposed to a lot of the times if you take a look at your diet you don't even realize that you know sugar is in yogurt it's in cereals it's in a lot of different breakfast foods, um, a lot of sauces, even a lot of salad dressings and stuff like that. So it's hidden in a lot of things. And instead of eating all week hidden sources of sugar and processed shit, I eliminate all of that throughout my everyday average 
diet. And then when I want to have an actual treat with sugar um, and fat and stuff like that, I am intentional with it. I make a decision. I'm going to have it. I don't. I make sure there's no emotions attached to it and I'm not eating it just because I'm stressed or just because it's there. I'm eating it because I want it. And I can, and it's fine to have a treat once in a while. So that's how I balance my diet. Um, specifically, I just eat pretty much whole foods, healthy things, majority of the time. And then when I do want a treat, I make sure it's something I actually really want to have. Um, for me, I'm a chocolate lover. So for example, if I'm at a party and they're having a vanilla cake, I just won't have it because I don't like vanilla cake. So I would rather just not eat it just because everybody else is eating it. Um, and maybe the next day I will get myself a triple million, triple quadruple chocolate cupcake and then be much happier. All right. So that's the end of that video. And pretty much um, the response that I got from these videos is overwhelmingly um, positive about starting a health journey or at least acknowledging the importance of doing that. Um, even if it's just, like I said, embracing really, really small habits and stacking on top of those. Um, I have been getting a lot of questions regarding these videos about how and where to start on a health journey, which I can totally appreciate that because when you do not grow up being having living a healthy lifestyle, you literally don't know what that even is supposed to look like. Like, I honestly thought that whenever I would see people who were in really good shape, if they were bodybuilders or always in the gym and stuff, I literally thought to myself that they spend like eight hours in a gym, like their job every day is to go work out at the gym, like for eight hours. That's that's, that's what my belief was because I did not know what it took to actually be in shape. And, and what I have learned after speaking to some friends who are in really great shape and who are in the fitness industry, what I've learned is that's not the case at all. In fact, most of them only spend one hour uh, working out every day and they just eat a healthy whole food balanced diet and focus on macros, which means uh, portion sizes of um, carbs and fats and proteins. And um, typically the ratio that I've researched and the one that I do is 45% uh, carbs and then 40% um, protein, and then the rest, uh, fat is some kind of ratio like that. You can Google what would be the best ratio for you. If depending on what you're trying to do, if you're trying to build muscle, I'm sure the ratio of protein would be higher. Um, if you're trying to lose weight, then the higher or the lower carb carbohydrate is probably better. Um, but I just am fascinated by this whole thing because I did not know what living a healthy lifestyle meant clearly. And that's, that's part of the issue, right? Once you learn how to do it and what it entails, and it's just, it's literally just consistent, healthy behaviors over time. It's not as difficult and as drastic as you think that it is when you're, you know, sedentary, not moving around much and eating a very processed diet. Like, 
when you're on the opposite end of it, it seems like it's going to be harder than it actually is. When in reality, it's just, it's literally consistency over a long period of time that creates the effects that we are looking for in a healthy diet and healthy lifestyle. So I was getting a lot of questions about where to start and what to do. And so my answers to that and my starting point would be to start small. What is one thing that you can add to your everyday that will increase your health? What is one healthy habit you can add in? Okay. Whether that's going for walks or replacing one crappy meal with one healthy meal or drinking your water every day, what add in one healthy thing and then subtract one unhealthy thing so that you're making two small changes at the same time and just keep doing those things until it becomes easy and until it is a habit and you no longer have to spend energy thinking about it. And then once that is an ingrained habit, just like, you know, showering or brushing your teeth or all of the other habits that we have every day, then you can add another healthy habit and subtract another unhealthy habit. And you just keep going through until you feel like you realistically can't add any other healthy habit or subtract another healthy habit. That's literally the mentality that I have. I'm always trying to add and subtract things in my life to add value and to add health and longevity to my life. So I keep doing that. Um, And this also, you guys, teaches you discipline as well, which is the key to maintaining this lifestyle. Um, And discipline is something that will help you if you learn discipline by upgrading your lifestyle and creating a healthy lifestyle, you will all of a sudden be able to be disciplined with other areas of your life like finances or um, business, entrepreneurship in your career, every other area, because you cannot learn discipline and be disciplined in one area and forget about it in other areas. Once you learn that as a skill and create it as a habit, you have it for life. And it is one of the best, most underrated skills that you can develop is discipline, especially in today's day and age where, you know, we order things on Amazon, we get it the next day. We are flooded with instant gratification and that ruins us. Okay. It ruins our society. It's ruining our culture. It's ruining our diet. It's ruining our finances. It's just, it's the wrong mindset. Okay. And just because we have those luxuries and those opportunities now to get things, you know, next day and to buy all the things and to, um, just because that opportunity is there does not mean we need to act upon it. We need to teach ourselves and train ourselves to have discipline in order to fully appreciate um, those luxuries. Okay. So developing discipline with your working out and your eating is really, really going to help you not only with that, but in every other area of your life as well. And another tip that I have for you guys is that you need to make this process as easy as humanly possible for you. Okay. Because it's, it's not, it's not going to be easy. Um, when you are starting to change behaviors that you've had for 20 plus 30 plus years of your entire life, these are ingrained behaviors 
that we have to go back and overhaul and completely change. Okay. So you need to have grace, grace and patience with yourself in the process and make it as easy as possible. Okay. Just literally dumb everything down. If you struggle with making healthy meals that taste good, go to Macro Foods, which is a food company, a local food company who makes pre-made, delicious, very healthy meals. You just pop in the microwave. You literally don't even have to think about it. All you have to do is heat it up and eat it and enjoy it. Um, or, or if you're on a, you know, keto diet, there's keto Librium. There is a lot of, there's live fit foods. There's a lot of these meal prep delivery services where they, um, pre-make all these meals. They measure it all out, super healthy, super delicious. And how easy is that? You don't even have to buy groceries. You don't have to worry about the mess. You literally just eat it. And the thing is, yes, is it a little bit expensive, more expensive than groceries? Slightly, but groceries are pretty insane right now. So I'm not sure if you weigh the weigh them stacked against each other. But if you think about it in terms of your long-term health, that is a good investment. Okay. Oftentimes we will invest in shoes or dresses or stuff to go in our closet, but we are reluctant to invest in things that will help us become healthier and live longer. What would you prefer? Um, $200 shoes in your closet or $200 worth of pre-made meals that you can pop in and live longer in your life so that you can wear shoes longer for your life. You know what I mean? So think about that. Um, and the other beautiful thing is, is that you don't have to do that forever. You don't have to invest in these meal service companies forever, just until you maybe for the first couple months of your health journey, just to make it easier, just to make the transition more enjoyable and less like hard work because you have to think about all your calories and all of this shit, right? Um, just, just do it for a couple months, invest in it. And then by then you'll have a really healthy habit. You'll know what the food portions look like. You'll know what kind of foods go together. You can see what they're putting in their meals. And then maybe you can feel confident in making your own meals from then on because you've already created the habit of it, right? Um, same thing goes for, uh, fitness trainers, personal trainers or coaches to help you, um, get on with your, uh, fitness part of your lifestyle too, right? Like I, I've paid, I've done all of these things. This is why I'm telling you guys this, because this is what has helped me so much be able to maintain my health journey is because I made it super fucking easy in the beginning. And then once I decided, once I was confident, I was able to make my own meals. I was able to work out on my own without a trainer and all of these things because I made it easy in the beginning so that I didn't have to think about it. And I was just creating these habits and other people were thinking about all of the, all of the other shit that I didn't have to worry about. So if you get a personal trainer at the gym for two months as well, then you will create that habit. And then all of a sudden you'll be able to maintain the consistency of going to the gym now. Right? So anything like that, that you can invest in your health and your wellness, um, just do that cut other things out of your life, cut other expenses out of your life for like two months and literally just spend all your money on food preparation of healthy meals, 
um, a personal trainer at the gym or a fitness coach, um, you know, like, like you listened to the other episodes on my podcast that I had macro foods on here. They do the food prep meals. I had Morris muscle fitness. He's an online fitness coach. Um, but what I love about his model is that he helps with fitness and with nutrition. Um, so it's like an overall, uh, coaching thing that he does. And so, you know, something like that to help you get started, it's going to save you so much money in the long run, but most importantly, you're going to have your health and your longevity, and you're going to be around longer for your kids or your grandkids or whatever your purpose is in life. And you're not going to be sick with diseases, um, down the road. If you can prevent it from simply eating healthier foods and moving more. So that's my advice to you. Make it as easy as humanly possible and stop using the excuse that, you know, healthy food is more expensive and you don't want to invest in a personal trainer when you and I both know, my friend, that we spend money on things that we want to spend money on. And there's places that we can cut our money from and stop spending money on and investing it into our health for at least a couple months until we create healthier habits. So that's that. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. I have a few more episodes that I would love to do for this health and wellness series on season three of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. Um, and so stay tuned for those episodes. They will come soon. And then after that, like I said, we'll be moving on to season four. And I would love to have some entrepreneurial business owner guests on my show who have an established business who can offer advice, tips, tricks, and support to our listeners. I would love that. Um, and that's all for now. Go find me on social media, Rebecca Hamilton. You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake. Go find me over there. That's where I love to hang out most. Or you can send me an email Rebecca at chickbosscake.com. Um, or you, you can even just find me on Instagram with Chick Boss Cake. That's my business, my bakery business page. Um, and I would love to chat with you. If, you. if there's anything you think that I can help you with or add any more support or advice to, honestly, I'm, I'm just here to help. And I love doing, I love helping other people and sharing my tips and it's up to you to put the tips in action. I can't, you know, I can't force you to do anything, but I can be there to support your journey and to help you along the way. And honestly, that's what I think we're made, um, we're made for. And that's what we're put on the earth to do. So reach out to me. Don't be shy. I love connecting with other people and we will talk soon guys. Bye.